Woo. All right. Back everybody to another episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I am your host, Barry. It is episode 111. Chad from It's Bourbon Night is sitting down with me today. Say hello, Chad. Hello, Chad. Yeah, I saw that one coming from a mile well, you away. You pause. So I'm like, <laughs> guess he wants me to say it. Yeah, I, I kind of set you up for that one. Yeah. yeah. How are you doing, Chad? I'm all right. Good. Yeah, we talked about, uh, I, I don't think I've mentioned this on the main episode uh, recently, but we have started doing pregame chats. Uh, before each episode for Patreon. So for $5 and up on Patreon, you can listen to 15, 20, 25 minutes of us just kind of getting warmed up, shooting the breeze a little bit, maybe talking a little bit about what's going on in the bourbon world and, uh, you know, just to just to get our, our vocal cords nice and mm-hmm. loosened up and mm-hmm. our brains working there before. So if you want to hear some of that, uh, and you can hear us talk about the holidays and some other little topics like, uh, you know, Big liquor store releases. You can go and check that out. Patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast. But yes, yes. You know, I mean you could pause it and go sign up for Patreon and you know do all that. But uh, we got stuff to do here too. And uh, we start out every episode with blind blind. Chad, I have blinded you with two samples mm. next to each other. Mm-hmm. Um have you have you investigated at all either of these samples yet? Yes, they are both uh kind of brownish. Are you talking about in color or in... Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, in smell. They both smell <laughs> they brown. They smell brown. <laughs> mm. Whoa. Two completely different noses. <laughs> One is sort of like savory and uh, has like um, a uh, cast iron skillet type of smell. And the other one is perfumey and floral, yeah. fruity... Big, big difference. Any guesses just on the nose what the proof might be? Proof on the nose? That's <laughs> hard, man. <laughs> I'm um, taking your tricks or treats and I'm flipping it on its head. Man. <laughs> um, <laughs> for nah, the I'm just kidding. You can, first you can, one? You can, you can try it before you do this. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> There's uh, a, just from the nose, I would say, what are we saying? Sample right or sample two? Uh, we can go A and B. B? Okay, yeah. sample B. Yes. Uh, higher proof than sample A. Okay. From the nose alone. Okay. Fair enough. But based on the taste, though. I love that cast iron skillet note that uh-huh. you brought out on the nose because it's definitely present on the palate. Yeah. It's a little dry. It is a little dry. It's not a hugely long finish. It's a, but it's a creeping heat. Mm-hmm. Like my proof meter has been going up since I <laughs> had this sip. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's settling in around. Man, I don't know. 108? 108. Interesting. Give or take. I mean, there's not many whiskeys that are 108 proof. <laughs> But you are going off of. I guess your, I could have said 107. At least I'd have a better shot at. You could have. You're going with your it. ten points below, <laughs> ten points above scale. Well, really, it should be five. Five either mm. way. Sample two actually has like, interestingly enough, and I, I. Every time that I say earthy, I think back to Fred Minnick saying, "Well, what kind of earthy?" 
and this is kind of a like an earthy mushroom flavor to me. There's a little fungus there. Yeah. It's really I like both of these a lot. I think they're both they both have their merits. Two or sorry, B could be a higher rye or maybe even a rye. Sure. Um the nose, man, did, did this sample come from someone else someone else? Did someone give you the sample? No, no, no. I brought this over in a sample bottle so I could truly blind you. Okay. I own I own both of these bottles. Okay. Cuz I was going to ask like sample B did someone who just put on perfume handle the bottle? No. <laughs> because I've never like this is walking through a department store fragrant. I don't I don't know if I'm getting it that strong. Like wow. Do it with your mouth closed. Oh, okay. There it is. Yeah, it's 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 like a perfume. Wow. Huh. That's so interesting. Yeah, that's one for the books. Well, do you do you want to know what these are, or do you have any other guesses before oh, we? I kind of forgot to, it. to think about the proof on this one. <laughs> Proof and distillery and age as well. <laughs> Just all the things. All the things. Chad? Mm. Well, now after tasting it, I think sample B is lower proof than A. Okay. I think it might be around 100. I do think it's a high rye. <sighs> um, I don't know. It, well, I don't know. It's got a creeping front of the tongue kind of heat now might be north of 100 i don't know age i would say maybe a might be younger okay oh there's actually there's some nuttiness in on a now that i wasn't mm-hmm. getting before i see that as well a little lemon zest a little lemon zest and nutty zesty especially on the finish yeah yeah, yeah. i just want to know all right <laughs> so these are from the same distillery okay these are both seven-year-old products. Oh. Sample A yeah. is the Heaven Hill seven-year bottom and bond. Oh. Sample B is the Virgin Bourbon seven-year 101. Oh. Wow. Okay. So I, I had just huh. kind of, as I was getting the show together, I was, yeah, and, and so, okay, let me back up a little bit. The Virgin Bourbon was sent to me by Joseph Brazo. Mm-hmm whose sister lives in North Carolina, and I'd always been wanting to find a bottle of it. And he said, well, I'll just get you one. And I was like, okay. Um, and I had just gotten the Heaven Hill Bottle and a Bond as well mm-hmm. uh, from our buddy Clifton all the way out in California. Apparently everything is coming to me from the West Coast now. Yeah. Urban-wise. <laughs> um, and I thought it would be an interesting kind of comparison between the two because they are both seven years, same distillery. Mm-hmm. And even just, you know, one proof point different you would think that you know maybe it wouldn't be that wildly different but they are significantly different products so 100 and 101 yes hmm. so that was eight eight points off no, not, we'll give it to you yeah <laughs> not within five like i wanted to be but but so we're also comparing i believe so the the heaven hill bottom of bond is 40 bucks Mm-hmm. And the Virgin Bourbons, I think, like, 20, 25. Mm. 
So, would you say that the extra price warrants, well, is it warranted, I guess? Mm. <laughs> I'm real good with words today. Words are good. They are, they are just rolling off the tongue. Um, no. I mean, I can Interesting. taste, I can taste differences between them. I think, uh, the bottom of the bond is nuttier. Mm-hmm. It's richer. It's oakier. Um, a little bit more full bodied, mm-hmm. but we're talking about $20 difference. We're yeah. talking about double. Does mm-hmm. it taste twice as good? No, nah, I don't think so. I'm not sure. I think so either, but <clears throat> I still think that it's, I, I stand by what I've been saying that you can tell that a lot more craft has gone into the, the new heaven Hill bottle and bond. And I don't know. I legitimately do not know a lot about the virgin bourbon. I mean, all I really know is that it's a Heaven Hill 101-proof bourbon that's not available in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So, be that as it may, you know, yeah. I, I I just legitimately do not know much about it. So, yeah. I blended them together, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, what about... let that sit. <laughs> what, what about this? Okay. Um, now, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure that the Rebel Yell 100 is also Heaven Hill. Ooh. It's 100 proof. Yeah, it, but it's also a weeder. It's a weeder, but it doesn't drink like a weeder for some odd reason. And it's 20 bucks. That's fair. Pretty sure. No, yeah. Again, not 100% sure that it is still made by Heaven Hill. Luxro is making their own product, but I don't know if it's you know of age. Sure. Um. But that that would be that would be interesting. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, I should have. Then you got that. yeah. It's it's I don't know. Um, I, I feel like if they are making it, it's contract distilled. It's not just a larceny upped eight proof points to a hundred. Sure. Because it's about two dollars less <laughs> than larceny. <laughs> and if and if they're the middleman, then that doesn't make sense. No, I don't know. Not at all. More research needed. More research needed, indeed. Wild speculation. So that was uh, that was flying blind. I thought, I thought that was a fun little, fun little one for us to do. Uh, a couple of quick things up top. Um, our our Movember charity campaign has ended as we got into uh, twenty twenty. Thank you all so much for uh, you know for for being a part of that, and thank you to everybody who donated and made it so successful. I thought that was really cool that in our first year we not only hit our goal but we exceeded it and then hit our secondary goal hit it again which was awesome so when i hit it i hit it (laughs) so thank you all so much uh for for doing that uh one more thing if you have not yet given the show a five-star rate and review on your itunes podcast app please go ahead and do that it is super easy it is right in app it is a great way for other people to find the show if they have not done so yet. And of course, you can always tell your friends about the show. Uh, if they love podcasts, if they love bourbon, this is a great way for you to uh, bring them into the fold. So that's it. Shall we talk about a bit of news, Chad? We should. Um, firstly, though. Yes. What do you think about combining them? Because I just combined. I haven't tried it yet. Oh, okay. You go ahead and what it, do you think about it? It's pretty good. Uh, it's kind of taking the best parts of both and uh, putting them together. Actually, that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> I think oh, maybe man. they should just 50-50 them and make a new label. Heaven, virg- Virgin Heaven? Vir- virgins in Heaven. 
Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Yeah. 100.5 proof. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good, man. It is. I'm a fan of that. I, I think I almost like this better than either one of The yeah. sum is greater than the parts. Yeah. 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 Yes. Mm-hmm. That's how that saying goes. Okay, good. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're in agreement. So th- there have been a few things that came across the table with the TTB. The news desk? Over the past couple of weeks, yes. The, the news desk. Um, first off, have you heard about all the new Benchmark products that are apparently coming to market from Buffalo Trace? I mean, I saw one of them. I can't remember what it was. I think maybe like a hundred proof or something. There's a single barrel. There's a full proof. I do believe that there is. Uh, there might even be a bottle and bond uh, no, coming out of there too. Um, it. I don't know any easier way to say this. <clears throat> Has Buffalo Trace lost their mind? <laughs> they lost their damn mind. <laughs> maybe. Oh, okay. Uh, here's the here's the full gamut of it. Sorry to, to cut you off there, Chad. I'm gonna let you finish. I was umming, but oh, sorry. That's okay. Um, <laughs> there is a small batch at 90 proof. There is a top floor at 86 proof. I roll my eyes as well. Yeah, the people can't tell that I'm rolling my eyes. <laughs> I think they might have been able to hear it. Yeah. Uh, there is a bonded at 100 proof, of course. A full proof at 125, and a single barrel at 95 proof. I maintain my question. Has Buffalo Trace lost their minds? Because <laughs> this is also coming on the heels of announcing Weller Single Barrel. Yeah. Which a lot of people, again, we talked about this. A lot of people are saying, well, I can't get regular Weller anyway. Why are they introducing a new product? Or it's just trying <laughs> Why are to they thinning thin the herd? the herd. Exactly. Well, Weller Single Barrel makes sense because Weller is in demand. Now, Benchmark doesn't make sense because it's not in demand it's not in demand right now but it used to be pretty prestigious back in the day so did old crow fair enough so what is the difference in the marketing minds at buffalo trace versus jim beam i don't know i I don't know is this a sign of the times of the end days is this the Let's put out a comic and make eight different covers of the same comic, and you have to collect them all because we want more of your money. Is this that? Uh, because I know everyone wants to do it, but not everyone can do it. Jim Beam is currently doing it with Bakers um, and uh, Basil Hayden's and all, and all this, and, and Buffalo Trace has been doing it with The Weller. Now they're taking their arguably worst product and i'm a buffalo trace fan and i love everything the buffalo trace makes sans benchmark benchmark i I have said many a time is the only bourbon to give me a headache immediately from drinking it i think there's about three for me and that's one of them (laughs) yeah and another one is makers but you know what i found other things in makers basically every other thing except 90 proof makers yeah i love so maybe that'll be the story. Okay, let's look at it from a positive perspective. Yeah, let's let's. Didn't li- don't like makers. Gives me a headache. Uh, just avoid it like the plague. But one hundred and one. Avoid it at all costs. Avoid it at all costs. <laughs> uh, one hundred and one proof. I love that. The forty six. The private selects. The cast strength. All good. Um, 
let's look at Rebel Yell. Rebel Yell mm-hmm. 80. Not good. No. Rebel Yell Small Batch. I don't even know if they make that anymore. Not good. Rebel Yell 100. Hey, we we have a winner. <laughs> Love. So And the 10-year single barrel. And the t- Oh, yeah. yeah. Can't even. Yeah. How to forget about the 10-year. It's awesome. Yeah. So maybe benchmark what proof is it even? 80. Uh, is it 80? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, so, <laughs> so maybe Benchmark 80 will be that, you know, redheaded stepchild, but the single barrel and the foolproof and the bottled and bond and the small batch will all be good. Because I sure. feel like you're, you're kind of elevating it more in the realm of like an ancient age, 90 proof, which yeah. is a, you know, a 36-month-old 36, 36 bourbon, but mm. it has its charm. Okay, Let, let's talk about this. Do any of these excite you? Really and truly, is there anything like hearing all of these back to back? Is any of the it, it, are any of these products? Well, we don't know the price yet on any of these, right? True. Yeah, yeah we don't. If the foolproof, if the one twenty five is a decent price, I would be interested in trying that because I think what we've discovered with makers is we just don't like it proofed down to, and I'm saying we as in Sarah and myself, we don't like it proofed down to 90, but at 101, there's really something special there. So maybe the same can be said about Benchmark. Now, if they're not doing any extra aging with it, if it's still also a 36-month-old product that's at 125 proof, I don't know if that'll be such a good thing. Uh, I don't know if it'll matter if it's bottled and bond um and what have you because you know at least rebel yell isn't age dated which means it's at least four years old well here here's the thing about all these as as you were and makers is like five years i think five or six yeah i all all of these products from what i can tell are non-age dated and I'm pretty okay. sure that Benchmark, as it stands, is 36. Is a 36 month old bourbon. Yeah. So maybe it went up a year, it, which can make a difference. I've I think seen it, it can in, too. In Jim Beam Choice, going yeah. from a four to a five, and Absolutely. from 80 to 86, it was mm-hmm. like, hey, this does make a difference. Do you think, uh, in in this case, that maybe the small batch 90 proof will replace the 80 proof version of, of I would, Benchmark? I would shed no tears over it. <laughs> I don't, I mean, if they're still selling it and making money, I don't think they will. If people still reach for that 80 proof benchmark value poor quote, I'm using air quotes, then I think they'll keep it on the shelf. So I, I kind of see this as, I don't know if this is a sign of the end times (laughs) personally. Mm -hmm. I don't. Um, I think that this is a really interesting way to elevate bourbon in a time when bourbon is either we we feel like bourbon has either reached its limit or it's going to plateau, right? So by doing this with a product that you know, it, as we've said, is not well regarded, by taking it and kind of you know, augmenting it in ways that, you know, give it a little bit more credibility. Bottled and Bond is a sign of uh, approval. Foolproof is, you know, something that's becoming more and more apparent with Sazerac products as yeah. kind of a sign of, you know, we we think this is a great product and we're going to push it out more. I mean, 1792 Foolproof is by far my favorite 1792 line. Yeah, agreed. Or uh, expression. Yeah. 
And, and yeah, yeah, of course, bought and bond, that's at least a four year. Yeah. Because that's the law. So at least it's yeah, exactly. an extra year. So I, I don't know. I think that this, in this case, I think this is a good thing for Berman. I don't look at this and go, I don't know, man. <laughs> no, no, you know, and it could, it, it could very well be. But let's also look at if everyone starts doing this. If Four Roses takes their, whatever you call it now, yellow label, brown label, all 10 recipes, and they come out with a 10 recipe 100 proof or a 10 recipe foolproof, which I'd be all about. Yeah, absolutely. But if they start like adding more expressions, Buffalo Trace is adding more expressions, Jim Beam's adding more expressions, everyone wants to add more so they can get more money, and then you're just talking about thinning the herd. Yeah. And I don't know, like bourbon is a collector's hobby, and it's also not. There's Mm -hmm. people that just want to drink it. Yeah. There's people like us that want to drink it and collect it. (laughs) There's people who drinks it a little, collects it a lot. So I'm just thinking about that aspect. You know, I use the comic book analogy a lot, but that's, I mean, it's sort of the same because some people would just read comics. Yeah. Some people would read and collect. Some people would just collect. Um, I mean, you can buy just one version of that issue and not have to collect the other seven covers and Mm -hmm. still get the story. But with bourbon, it's like if we're increasing all these expressions and you want to try them all, then they're, that hurts your wallet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's interesting, but I think it's obvious. It's an obvious step for the industry. Bourbon is hotter now than ever. Let's give them more things to yeah. buy. Yeah. But at what cost? At what cost? <laughs> um, I, I think that there is... Again, and then we'll move on. I think that there's more good things to be said about this than bad, personally. But that's just me. We shall see. We shall see, indeed. Speaking of Jim Beam, though, um, back back in uh, early 2019, they unfortunately had a fire at their distillery. Uh-huh. And uh, a lot of that seeped into the river and caused some environmental damage as well. They got slapped with a $700,000 fine Oof. Um, for all the fish that they killed in the Kentucky River. But what a way to go. <laughs> this obviously is not the end of Jim Beam. They're making no. plenty of money that, that, They'll be just fine. But is this kind of a warning to other distilleries, do you think, that you know maybe you should really kind of try to keep yourselves in line a bit more and not, you know, I know it was a, kind of a freak of wasn't it hit by lightning or something yeah i think it was some type of act of god but it you know castle and key had a big spill 1790 well barton had a a a warehouse collapse twice (laughs) is do you think that they were picking on the one guy who could afford to lose that amount of money to kind of make a statement to the other distilleries and say fix your fix your stuff possibly but how what do you do? What do you implement to keep your warehouses from getting struck by lightning? I lightning rods, I guess. All over the place. I don't know. How expensive are they? I mean, fire is the number one enemy <laughs> of a distillery. Yeah, they right. put all of these things into place to prevent and control fire, and unfortunately, they still happen. Yeah, it's not like they're like, ah, we'd be fine. 
<laughs> and then the government's like, no, you really need to try to prevent fires. Yeah. And Smokey the Bear is telling them. <laughs> um, I think they want to prevent that as much as anyone. Yeah. I mean, how do you prevent act of God? Act, act, acts act of, of God. <laughs> yes. The Roman, <laughs> you know, Zeus and everybody. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it might, it, it might be the government saying, hey, get your stuff together. But at the same time, I don't know if any of the distilleries are really at fault. Sure. I would say warehouse collapses would be more of an issue that they could act upon yeah. to try to correct yeah, than I agree. an act of God causing a fire. <laughs> I I kind of, you know, and, and I'm not trying to put on the tinfoil hat or anything, <laughs> but I do feel like, you know, with everything else that happened in the past year with all these different little tragedies that happened at different distilleries, somebody did say... <laughs> We need to try to take care of it a little bit better, you know. I mean, they, I'm if I remember correctly, the spills at Castling Key also caused a little bit of environmental damage. I think that that did slip into Glens Creek mm-hmm. as well. And I mean, maybe you know they're going to wind up charging Castling Key too, half a million dollars or whatever it is for. Yeah, negligence. If it's, if it's a spill, if it's something that could have been prevented, then yeah. But you know, acts of nature, um, or accidents by result of yeah. act of nature, I think are almost out of control, mm-hmm. out of out of anyone's control. Yeah. But um, yeah, acts of ne- negligence, yeah, for for sure, for sure, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, that that's kind of it as far as like big news topics except for one mm-hmm. which is going to lead us into um our, our topic for the day as well and unfortunately as everybody knows uh al young the senior brand ambassador mm-hmm. at four roses did pass away uh on christmas day yeah on christmas morning mm-hmm. not a not a great thing to no. have to wake up to um no matter who you are and of course our um Thoughts and prayers go out to his his family, uh, his wife and kids, and everything. I mean, it untimely deaths are never good. I mean, they're called untimely for a reason. But goodness gracious, especially at during the holiday season. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just it sucks, man. Yes, <laughs> it really sucks. And I, you know, I I you know reading all the tributes and everything that came out after he passed away you know fred minnick wrote an article that said bourbon had lost its rose and uh it does kind of seem like this light went out in the bourbon industry i mean somebody who had been there for years and years and years who had all these stories and all this passion for it and you know you couldn't meet al without getting excited about bourbon you know that of, of such a huge icon mm-hmm. has passed away. It's just unbelievable. But we'll we again we send our our thoughts and everything out yeah, to the family. Absolutely. Actually, as we're recording, his visitation is going on mm. not three or four miles from here. Yeah. So, I uh, we are going to be talking about bourbon ambassadors today. And kind of their importance 
to the the world of bourbon. Not necessarily just with uh, you know brand ambassadors or, um, or or that kind of thing, but you know how do we promote bourbon, both as consumers and drinkers? Mm-hmm. I would say. So when when we say bourbon ambassador, what does that kind of mean to you? I think it's just someone who spreads the good word. I mean, I think yeah. you know we're both ambassadors and in, in our in our own way, and I think uh, a lot of our our listeners and viewers are ambassadors. Um, anyone who gets a, a friend into bourbon, mm-hmm. invites them over for a bourbon night, um, anything like that, are ambassadors. And, you know, the industry is, is lucky to have them. To me, it's somebody who, and, and this is kind of a more general description, I guess, but anybody who is passionate enough about something that they want to share it with other people. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of at the, at the core of what, you know, people like Al did and do that bourbon and the bourbon industry has made such an impact on their lives that they want to share that around, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, also, by the way, uh, we just poured a Four Roses private select OBSV pick from uh, the Galastain. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, up around Northern Kentucky. Um, oh, is that where that's from? Mm-hmm. Neat, okay. little, neat little store. Been in there uh, a few times, and they they seem to have a good palate. Yeah. This one, I, I mean, you, have, have you, you haven't even tried this one yet. I've just noticed it. No. So it's a... OBSV. OBSV, nine years, seven months. And it's on the lower end of the, the proof spectrum. I think it's 106. 58.9. So... 118 and carry the 9 and the 8. So it's almost 59. 59 would make it 118. So it's 117.8. Thank you. Woof. <laughs> Math. <laughs> That's why I drink bourbon and got an art degree. Yeah. <laughs> but I figured this was a good little tribute pour in honor of Al, of course. Oh, that's uh, kind of minty. On the nose. Mm-hmm. There's a little mintiness on the palate, too. There is. But it's also got this, like, mixed berry mm-hmm. flavor to it as well. Oh, you know what? I've got a Four Roses pick, the last one that we were on, and I got to stand next to Al Young as we did it. Really? Yeah. He was there with us, and he took us on a tour as they were, you know, when we got the um, our top three, and they were remixing them and blending yeah. us again. Took us on a tour of the Cox Creek plant. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, you know, he, I can't remember if he, I think he, I think he just sniffed them. He may have also sipped a, a little bit. Sure. But yeah, um, we actually got there late because we got misinformation we you were, go to the wrong one? Well, th- we were told that it was going to be at the other location. In and, Lawrenceburg. And we, and we actually asked. I'm like, are you sure? Because everyone I've been on, they've been there. But I know that they're doing expansions there. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, well, they must have moved it. Sure. I'm like, okay. So we show up there. Yeah. Ugh. Told us the wrong thing. <laughs> so we got there a little bit late. 
Um, so there was one spot left down at the end, but luckily that had me standing next to Al Young. That's really cool. Yeah. Do you still have that? That whatever that pick was, it's right over there. I could grab it. Should we have some as well? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Not to downplay what what you're bringing out, but this is a very good. It is. Four Roses bourbon. I quite like it. No, but I I think that when we think about the bourbon industry as it stands today, there is no bourbon industry without the ambassadors that went out individually in the 70s and 80s and 90s and said, we love bourbon so much that we're going to we're going to literally you know, beat the bricks. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And you know that I feel like that legacy continues not just through the people who work for distilleries but also who spread the good news of of bourbon, you know, just by sharing bottles, just by talking about it with with other people. I mean, yeah. I always say there's a new bourbon drinker born every day. <laughs> they just have to wait 21 years. They just have to Well, yeah, but I mean it's a metaphor, Chad. Oh. <laughs> okay. So this pick, um, it was through three different organizations. Oh. One no longer exists, <laughs> and I'm not going to name them, but they took the tag off of theirs. So for the longest time, I didn't know the recipe, the age of this, because I got it from that store that no longer exists. I was having a bourbon night with a buddy of mine, and he brought a friend from his work. And that friend brought his favorite ever Four Roses pick. And and it had, um, I think it had He-Man. It had a He-Man sticker on it. Drinking it, and like, yeah, this is really good. This is really good. Um, And then Sarah comes home, and she sees that sticker, and she's like, hey, do you know we were on that pick? And I'm like, what? She said, yeah. Uh, they couldn't put that sticker on theirs because the owner of that store that's now gone wouldn't allow a cartoon character to be on a, a whiskey bottle. So that's why the sticker's not on there. So what it is, um, it's the Whiskey Bear inaugural barrel pick of uh, 2018. It's an OESV. It's a nine-year and three months. It's... I think it's also Kentucky Supply and Demand. It, it's the Victory Royale, isn't it? The name? I don't know. I just know there was a He-Man and there was a Skeletor. That's, that's a Knob Creek pick. The He-Man and Skeletor is Knob Creek. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I had a lot that night. <laughs> Th- those were the Knob Creek picks. Um, but the story about the Four Roses pick is still accurate. It just didn't have that sticker. But they wanted to put a sticker on it that had a cartoon character. It just obviously wasn't He-Man or Skeletor. Yeah. Um, and they wouldn't allow it. Yeah. So, I uh, that yes. Yes. The answer is yes, this is the Victory Royale pick. Okay, Victory Royale. Um, I, I've not had this yet. Okay. And I'm a member of KSD. And we did an episode with Kentucky Spine. Yeah, I, I, t- I took a picture of it because I'm like, oh, I, I got to have this so I can know yeah. what. Yeah, so again, o- <laughs> OESV, nine year, three month. Yeah. Oh, man. So this was the last pick 
we ever did at Four Roses with Al Young. That was, I mean, almost a year and a half ago. Yeah. At this point, probably just about a year and a half ago. Yeah, it says 8-3-2018. So. Or, sorry, 8-01-2018. Gotcha. So I had the I had the good fortune to uh, get to spend a day with Al doing a uh, kind of a training seminar on Four Roses products. Mm-hmm. And uh, he led the entire thing, walked us through the history of it, and just... Uh, you know, went through the, the same tasting that they do at the end of Four Roses tours or when you go and do the uh, the taste of history there at the distillery. And just hearing him, again, just describe everything that goes into the process behind making their product. And, you know, the not just the passion for bourbon, but the passion for Four Roses, too. Mm-hmm. For, for the longest time, you know, even just their regular brown label. I just overlooked. But seeing how excited somebody was about it. And and don't get me wrong, I think the brown the brown label is still good. Yeah. It's I, not out of this world. I wish amazing, it wasn't but, 80 proof. I think that's what kills it. Sure. Is just the 80 proofness of it. But you know, putting you gotta look at um small batch select, which is six of the ten recipes at mm-hmm. one hundred and six. Hundred and six proof, thank you. Um, right? No, no, no. It's maybe it's hundred and four. 103, 104, 103, uh, 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 you think I'll put all 10 in there, I can only imagine. Like, I would mm-hmm. love for there to be an all 10 barrel proof. And you, oh, you can kind of do that yourself if you can get all 10 recipes in a single barrel, you know. But Chad, I'm guessing that you haven't listened to the episode that came out this week, have you? No, I haven't. <laughs> well, it, it's been a week, and I'm not spoiling anything for anybody, I guess, if you've already listened to it. But... Four Rows of Small Batch Select was my number one bourbon of 2019. Oh, was it? It was. Nice. I think we put it in there. I can't remember. Did it come out in 2019? 2019. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's in our it's it's in our you know blind samples. Yeah. 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 I go back and listen to my my comments about it from last week's episode. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I I just the the big thing that I took away from it was that throughout the the year when I thought about bourbon, I couldn't stop thinking about this product. Mm. This was the one that always stuck out for me, always enjoyed pouring it, sharing it with other people too. And you know, I mean it was pretty cool getting to sit down with Bryn Elliott and listen to him talk about it as well. Yes. But they're just th- this was a home run for me. The small batch select was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go back and listen to last week's episode. Not just you. <laughs> other people who haven't listened to it yet. Yeah. But anyway. I was listening. I've discovered Life is Short with Justin Long. So I've been listening to... <laughs> it's a great, uh, it's a great yeah, name. I've been listening to those episodes. Maybe I should have saved that for tips and bits. Ah, you can you can still bring it up. <laughs> okay, cool. We got time. Good. We got time. 
I, there's another side to the bourbon ambassadorship that I want to talk about too. And it's the, I, I want to be nice with this or try to be nice with this, mm-hmm. but it's the non-discretionary kind of no prize title of the maker's mark ambassadors. Oh, you see what I'm saying? Uh huh. Like it's, I am I like I signed up for the the whole deal. There's that barrel that's aging in one of their warehouses. It's got a plaque with my name on it and yeah. everything. And the whole like, you know, the whole grandness of it, I guess, is cool. But does it dilute di- dilute dilute bourbon works? <laughs> does it dilute what other people are doing? Well, I think they should call it honorary uh ambassador like mm. you're an honorary junior deputy or you're an honorary you know like when you go on a plane and the pilot gives you the like kids the, wings, the little wing you're an honorary pen. pilot yeah but you can't fly the plane <laughs> you know it, but it, there are going to be makers mark ambassadors out there that are spreading the good word you know spreading sure. the gospel and there's yeah. others that don't do it at all so I see what you're meaning. Yeah, it kind of dilutes the, um, yeah, the meaning of it. I, I, um, when I was first getting into videography, I had to do, I had to follow around this group of, I think they were all, yeah, they were all college students, but they were from all over the world. Okay. And uh, some type of. Mm, program you know these are all really smart kids sure um and they were in lexington and they uh they went to the henry clay estate to tour it and the i think the governor was there and uh talked to him and stuff and i was following around filming them and at one point he he was talking to them he was addressing them and he said i'm gonna make all of you kentucky colonels (laughs) and they were all like oh that's so cool they all got a certificate and this and that and, um, you know, I haven't said it very often, but I have said it on, uh, probably on live or maybe on a podcast or something that I, uh, I strive to be a Kentucky Colonel one day, but I want to earn it. Yeah. Right. I want to do things that people feel like have made me worthy to have the title of a Kentucky Colonel and all these kids just, you know, you showed up and you got now, it. Obviously they worked hard. They earned whatever spot was in this program that I can't remember it at all. But <laughs> the fact that they came to Kentucky, you're a Kentucky colonel. You know, it's like, okay, cool, well, sure, fine. So they weren't even from Kentucky? No, I think one of the kids ah. was from Kentucky. All the others were from Dang it. over the U.S. or from over the world. Um, so it's like, okay, yeah. I mean, it's still kind of cool. cool. It's like but... getting the key of the city. It's like, you're getting the key of the city. You're a Maker's Mark brand ambassador. It's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> but does this really open anything? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, I guess you do get free tours at Maker's Mark. Yeah. But, I mean, what, what do you get with the key to the city? Free tours of the city hall? City hall, yeah. You get to make one Executive law? Executive washroom. You can open that. <laughs> With that big key, it's just it's just a regular toilet, it's kids. Just a regular toilet. I don't, I don't know what to tell doesn't you. Doesn't even have a bidet. <laughs> oh, there's life goals right there. Bidet. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I would do that. It just the fact of where the water is coming from. It's like, it's like I don't know. It's 
weird. It's I like, didn't realize you had such strong feelings up a day. Oh, I've thought about it. <laughs> it's like, would you put your butt on a public uh, uh, water fountain? <laughs> Real talk. <sighs> anyway, bourbon ambassadors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's dodging my question. I don't. I don't know if I have an answer to that question just yet, Chad. So let let that. Well, one... you think on it. I will think on it, and as we're thinking on it, I think we should probably talk a little bit more about being a, an ambassador for sure. bourbon. Yes. So, but I I think that people don't realize too, and I I want to go back to a previous point that I brought up, what everything went on. That's not the way to say that. Everything that went on. Start over. Whew, everything that went on behind the scenes in the 70s and 80s and 90s. Yeah. And I, I've said it before, but just the fact that each of these master distillers at that time, Jimmy Russell, Booker No, yeah, went out independently to fight for something that they loved. Mm-hmm. And it basically wound up working. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that's you know, we can we can get a little meta here, I guess. It's important to fight for something that you love. And and, you know, fight for things that mean a lot to you mm-hmm. or things that you see have had a positive impact on the world around you. And it, it's so easy to dismiss spirits or alcohol in general as being just something that, you know, ah, they're just drinking to get drunk. Yeah. Or there's, you know, no sense of community behind it or, or whatever. But the community is the, the big part that makes me love bourbon so much. I mean, it's, it's non-political. It doesn't, you know distinguish race it doesn't you know keep you from going to a certain location because you don't believe in certain things i mean it it just is all inclusive Mm -hmm. and you know being a musician too i mean that kind of led me down that path of having that mindset and and everything because music is so universal yeah but you know there there's so much to be said about the ambassadorship of just bringing out a bottle that has memories smacking it down on the table and going i want you to understand me yeah here's a story behind it sure exactly yeah Yeah. Uh and it doesn't you know being an ambassador doesn't have to be an official title and i think that's you know i may be contradicting myself a little bit by talking about the you know being a maker's mark ambassador but the the way that we conduct ourselves in regards to bourbon and in the in the company of others while drinking bourbon is a reflection upon what bourbon means to us. Mhm. I think you know bourbon itself is meant to be shared. Yeah. And what do you do while you're drinking? You don't sit there in silence and drink. No. You talk <laughs> and you share. And it might make you talk more than you normally do, oh, too. <laughs> for sure. The filter comes off, Woo. the stories come out. So you share a pour, you share a story, you share an experience, um, and life is what, a, but a collection of experiences. So, yeah. you know, bourbon, the the water of 
whiskey, the water of life, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it it itself just begs to be shared. Yeah. Not just in consumption wise, but in experience wise and story wise and experience wise. Um and that's why I think it's so easy if you have it in in if you have that um now the words are escaping me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if you have that inclination uh, to champion its cause, it's so easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's why I think being an ambassador, you're, you you kind of just grow into it. I don't think it needs to be you don't wake that up you when, sign up for. Yeah, you don't wake up one morning and go, I'm going to... Or send $24.95 to this P.O. box. True. It... It's it just kind of you grow into it, or it grows into you, however you want to see it. So here here's an interesting look at it. We we talked a little bit on the pregame chats about the difference between people who buy to drink and those who buy to collect, and those who buy to sell, and those who buy to sell. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What does that say about the bourbon community? How does that represent us as a, a community as a whole? Well, I think it's a it's a personality trait. Um, you know, myself, I am I have a collective personality, <laughs> or I have a personality of a collector, I should say. There you go. Um, you know, I've collected comics, I've collected coins, I've collected stamps, I've collected have matchbook you, really? covers. Yeah, <laughs> um, I've collected you know memorabilia, Star Wars uh, action figures. <laughs> yeah. Um, and bourbon. I drink bourbon. I collect bourbon. Um, so I think it just reflects on your personality. Now, there might be someone who has never collected anything. They get into bourbon and they find themselves collecting it. I guess they were just waiting for the right thing to come across you know, their doorstep. Um, what was the question? <laughs> what does it mean? How, how does those who collect... Who who buy to collect or buy to sell mm-hmm. reflect upon the bourbon community in terms of ambassadorship? Well, buying to sell, I think buying to trade is different. It's more forgivable because you are, you know, this country was built on trade, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's sort of the same thing. I have this, you want it. You have that, I want it. Mm-hmm. We trade. Mm- not that bad in my book at all. No, I don't think so either. Um, to sell, now you could do the argument of, well, if someone's doing it to feed their family. Well, like, yeah, okay, but obviously you have another skill that you could utilize. You don't have to, uh, you know, besides the fact that it's illegal unless you have a liquor license. Um, generally speaking, buying to sell, I think, it hurts. I think so too. To a degree. Now, there's some people who have the income, who don't mind to pay secondary prices, but don't have the means to wait in line or to hunt, uh, and their store never has it. So how else are they ever going to get it unless they buy it from someone, no matter what they're charging? Do I want to deny that person from having that bottle? So let's say they're they're going to sp- spend four times what it retails for, but they're going to drink it. Sure. I find that hard to look down on them for that. Yeah. But the person who sold it to them, they are facilitating that person's need. 
But I don't know. I think it all comes down to just their state of mind. Like, yeah. oh, I can flip that in 15 minutes and make $400. You know, I'm going to wait in line for it. <laughs> and then the person right behind them, where it gets cut off and they get the last bottle, they don't get it. And all they were going to do was take it home, crack it, and drink it. Yeah. And share it. So it's, it's you know, it's a seesaw of so I, I think I think about, too, how does that invite, what does that say for people who are looking to get into bourbon, right? Is it invitational? Is it exclusionary? Does it, you know, just mark bourbon as being the, the, the rich man's game, mm, yeah. right? And, you know, let's, let's talk about Pappy Van Winkle because it is the, the easy Sure. The easy example in this case. <laughs> well, I think it's our job, and I'm speaking specifically to you and myself mm-hmm. and Sarah, who's not here, but Sarah. Where is Sarah, by the way? <laughs> oh, she, well, she got off work, and then I think she was going to the gym. Oh, okay. So she'll probably be about another 45 minutes. Um, Fair enough. To be ambassadors to those people that might think they can't get into bourbon, either because they don't understand it, or it's a rich person's game, or it's a person with disposable time that can wait or hunt or so forth. It's our job as ambassadors to inform them that, hey, there's some awesome everyday whiskeys out there. Yeah, absolutely. And let us introduce those to you. Ones that you can easily find. You can walk into just about any store and find them on the shelf for a reasonable price. It's the beauty of Turkey 101. Yeah. (laughs) Among others. Yeah. You want to spend a little bit more, but it's something that you can pretty much walk into any respectable liquor store and find. How about a Booker's, you know? So I think that's our responsibility as ambassadors. Yeah. To tell that story, among others. Yeah. To keep, because I do think that is something that a lot of people get stuck on. Like, oh, well, I don't know the first thing. Like, I hear these people talking about they smell, you know, this and that and uh, floral and and uh, everything. And I, I just don't understand it. And I'm uh, this isn't for me. I can't get it. It's like, well, you don't have to do that. One of my favorite things, too, recently has been people who, you know, if it comes up in conversation... You know, I'm like, oh, I have a bourbon podcast. And they go, oh, so you you must, you know, really be into bourbon, know stuff about bourbon. I'm like, yeah, sure. And they're like, well, have you had Pappy Van Winkle? Even people (laughs) who are on the periphery of it. Right. They know that there's a a prestigiousness. Because news stories get written about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know exactly what my point was in in bringing that up, Mm -hmm. but it just was, you know, I, I hear that more and more. Yeah. I feel of people going, well, you know, we think tell, about tell me something Winkle. about it. Have you had it at a Norlin? Have you had it in a Norlin? <laughs> yeah. The weirdest character ever. On the- <laughs> no, I think that's the, the other side of it that we have to talk about too, that, you know, it, bourbon isn't all about, you know, having the high dollar bottles and, and everything. You know, when, when I, when I look at Dusty's that I want to have, more often than not, I'm going for pre-fire Heaven Hill or Turkey 101 bottles. Mm-hmm. Really just turkey in general. Yeah. Because, Old you know, turkey. Yeah. And, yeah, there's something great to be said about new bottles, 
you know, I, 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 there's not, it, it's not like everything that's coming out now is bad. You know, I don't mean that by any means. Right. But I would rather spend my, if I'm going for a high dollar item, I'd rather spend it on something that's not on the shelves. Right. Anymore. And that's also the collector in you. That is definitely the collector in me. And also the, what's the word? Experiential, the experience seeker in you. Experience driven part of (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Because that's an experience that you otherwise won't get unless you seek out a dusty or a vintage. I I have to bring this up too. When, When I buy bottles that are dusty or that... You know, if I acquire something that's harder to find, I'm not sitting there drinking it all myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that experience of getting to be that ambassador and going, this is something you might not get to try very often. So let's sit down and have a drink of it together. And, yeah. and talk about it. Talk about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, it bourbon is such a conduit for experiences and conversations and that it it's it's hard to wait hold on it's hard to ignore it yeah that's what i was trying to say <laughs> it's hard to ignore what it can bring to the table mm-hmm. you know and again i think the best way to be an ambassador for bourbon is just simply going let's have a drink together and talk yeah yeah, yeah you yeah. know yeah and I, I think that, you know, when you talk about where Al came from, you know, I mean, he didn't know everything about Four Roses when he started working there. He learned it over time. And, you know, it's easy to get in that mindset again of there's there's too much. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot. There's a lot of knowledge that can be acquired. There's a lot of history that can be read about, a, you know, a million different bottles of bourbon that you can try. Yeah. and drink but the important part of it i think at the very least is what do you have to bring to the table what can you share with other people about how bourbon has impacted you and how this community has impacted you as well i mean you know this this podcast and i it sounds like i'm trying to dote on you and put you up on a pedestal and everything but this podcast doesn't really exist without seeing that there was a place for media in the bourbon community. Mm. And a lot of that came from watching it's bourbon night or listening to the podcast or mm. bourbon pursuit or, or whatever it was. And just seeing that, you know, people with a passion for something like this can create something for it and in turn elevate it. To some degree. And I hope that I've elevated bourbon, you know. Yeah. But I I think that, you know, the bourbon boom isn't going to end because Buffalo Trace has put out five new expressions <laughs> of, of benchmark. <laughs> but I do think that we all have our job to do as bourbon drinkers to elevate it to, you know, the standard that we all expect it to be. Now, if you want to go shoot bourbon, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can tell you why you shouldn't, but... As for me in my house. <laughs> um, yeah, you can. You can do whatever you want. All this to be said, Al Young will be sorely missed. And if his legacy 
is to be continued. We all have a torch to pick up, I think. For sure. You know, not just for Four Roses, but for for bourbon as a whole. Yeah, and I think he represented the fact that there's people out there like himself, like Freddie Johnson, who aren't the master distillers, but that are just as important Absolutely. to to the brand. I mean, people go to Buffalo Trace just to see Freddie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah. So, yeah, I, to- I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to cut you off if I did. No, no, no. Okay. I do. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say cheers to Al. Cheers to Al. And on that note, shall we review a bourbon? Let's do it. Let's review something. Yeah. How about this uh, 1792 12-year-old? Let's do that. That I picked up the other day. Yes. Chad, you were telling me before we started recording that you had had this once before. What were your kind of initial reactions to it? Well, good cork pop first. <laughs> I don't think my initial reactions were fair because of what I was having around it. Sure. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Because we were having some William Heaven Hill and we were having some vintage bourbon from the 60s and we were having oh, just... I mean, you're you know, the 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 things you you would bring to impress sure on a, at a bourbon night right. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't fair, and I had it later in the evening after having all those great. Ah, well, there you go. So this will be great to have. You know, we've had stuff before this, but um, in a controlled environment. In a controlled environment, <laughs> yes, on a closed course. There we go. Uh, so this is the newest expression from. Uh, the Barton Distillery 1792 line. It is, of course, 12 years old. It is 96.6 proof. What do you think about the nose, Chad? It's got a lot of spice on it. I would, Whew. I would say that it would be higher than 100. Oh, I definitely would have thought. I didn't thought. know the, didn't know the proof. Now, here's something interesting that just kind of came up um, on the 31st slash first because I took a <laughs> bottle of Mictor's tin to um, to a New Year's Eve party and. You know, it's, what, 90, I can't remember the proof, 94, 96, it's under 100. Sure. 10 years old, Michter's, you know, sourced. And I was saying, you know what, I think this might be my favorite under 100 proof bourbon. It's just got so much character to it. Um, It's 90 something point something. <laughs> As they as they do. 94 4? 96? 94 4. 94 4? Yeah. <laughs> I'm amazing. Right on the money there. Oh man. 94 4. I, I kinda have to agree with you. I, I well it's eh. so good. And we polished off that bottle. It's uh, gone. What about it's gone. Chad, what about Elijah Craig? Um, Elijah Craig's small All right, small here's batch. here's what we're gonna do. No, no. Not right now. No, I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying no. It's not as good as Mictor's. Okay, team. fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. It would be amazing if it was. Sure. Because the price difference on them, you know. Here's a question. When was availability? The, yeah, yeah. When was the last time that you had regular Russell's Reserve? The 10-year 90 proof. Oh, it may have been close to a year ago. I had it recently. 
I was so surprised by how good that bottle is. Honest to goodness. Mm. I mean, like, we, we spend so much time talking about the single barrels. That's 110 and, proof, though. No, the, the regular Russell, not, this, not the Russell single barrel, the small batch 10-year-old. Oh, right, right. It's What's, 90 proof. 90 proof, 90 yeah. proof. Right, 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 right. Okay. It's a really I'm good bourbon, mm-hmm. especially at like $30, $35. Yeah. I think that it's spectacular. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that kind of gets overlooked for, you know, in, in today's market. Yeah. I mean, people are, for those who are going crazy over age statements, I mean, if you want a 10-year-old bourbon for a reasonable price. True. At a pretty solid proof, too. Yeah. Russell's Reserve Small Batches. In the Russell's, Eagle Rare, both 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, both 90 proof. Anyway, sorry. Hmm. Let's get back to the 1792. (laughs) Okay, back to a 12 year. I'm getting like... Berries? Oh, I was was just... I was about to say Captain Crunch Crunch Berries. Crunch Berries, yeah. There is definitely (laughs) a sweetness there, and then there is that... Those berries. The, The tannic oakiness of it. Is so prominent on the nose. Yeah, I I I get the sweet and the berries first, and then as it as I keep breathing in, I get the oak. There's not a lot in the way of like traditional bourbon notes. Like there's not a lot of caramel or. Oakiness. Uh, excuse me, there is oakiness. What is wrong with me? I don't know. I've <sighs> been trying to figure that out. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> is that why you let me record with you today? Yeah. All right, cool. It's more of an experiment. <laughs> Controlled study. <laughs> there is something. There is a little bit of honey. I was going to say... Or tea. Yes. Like a sweet honey tea. There's a light... Underneath there. Peanut brittle note in there too i have to kind of dig for it but it's definitely present yeah i see the tea note though it's but it's very green tea you know the weirdest thing i just got (laughs) when i closed my eyes and took a breath because sometimes that changes things i don't know why um what is what is it called um irish spring the body wash? <laughs> the, the bar of soap. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ah, fair enough. Irish Spring. I can't remember the tagline for that, but I I, I can see that. <laughs> the palate hits you right up front with the oakiness, too. It kind of took it a second for it to start finishing before I got the... Yeah. I got the tea first, then I got the oak, and now I'm getting... The the proof is starting to build from the back of my tongue. Back of the tongue forward. Back you made a hand forward. motion that nobody else will yeah. <laughs> will see but me. But why I'm in a I'll visual, treasure that forever. That's why I'm in a visual medium. <laughs> so you get all those nuggets. I heard somebody the other day say, all the worst podcasts are filmed. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So I'm never going to film the podcast now. <laughs> They're like, because it's just two sweaty white dudes in baseball hats sitting around talking about their average opinions. <laughs> oh, I was like, wow. okay, never doing that. <laughs> mm. Well, you know, we get referred to as a podcast a lot. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I've heard people refer to you all as a podcast. Yeah. It's like, what? Like, I don't get it. It's so confusing. It's so not a podcast. For the longest time, people didn't understand what a podcast is, and apparently they still don't. Yeah, right. Um, but they think they figured it out, and now they're just using podcast as like they know what it is. Like, oh, yeah, you all do a podcast. No. Well, we do for our patrons. <laughs> <laughs> actually, um... Actually... <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the the berry note's kind of coming through on the palate a little bit more as I, I get into it, but it is still very like Captain Crunch Crunch Berries. I, I mean, not, not, not as much as the nose. I feel like I, I got more of the Crunch Berries yeah, on the nose. I agree. But... Yeah, it's there, and that and that barrel just really builds mm-hmm. in your mouth as as it settles in. Oh, I'm starting to get like a like a snickerdoodle flavor on the finish. Hmm. I mean, it's definitely it has a sweetness. There's no it does denying that sweetness. No. It is there. I think this. I I I kind of wish that I had had this in 2019. Hmm. And I guess I did. I bought it on New Year's Eve. <laughs> oh, did but you? But I, 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 of course, bought it after I had done my best of 2019. Right, right, right. Because I feel like it at least would have made my honorable mentions. Mm. I will say this. it's uh, I'm liking it a lot better than I had it when I first had it. Yeah. It was also a neck pour. And this looks like you have about a fourth of it drank. Yes. Drunk. So. Um, drink, drink, drunk. Drink, drink, drunk. So, you know, maybe it's just opened up and that helps it. I think it has. I mean, because when when I first had it, it was overly tannic. Mm. I mean, just way, way, way over the top, barrel-heavy, tannic char. Like, you just couldn't taste anything other than that. Mm -hmm. And now it seems like the barrel aspect of it is really commingly nice. Nicely? Nice. Nice. I don't know. Whatever. (sighs) This should also be called, this is me trying to figure out the dictionary. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> words it's commingling with everything else in the it, on the flavor profile i think i think that this is really quite good what are you what are you picking up there as you sniff like a rabbit <laughs> um tobacco do a little three blast method yeah no I, definitely yeah i totally see like that. it's but over wet there tobacco. it's over there in an ashtray and it's Going up into the air. It's wet tobacco. Wet tobacco. Huh. Okay. I don't know if I really know how to experience wet tobacco. Well, so you've never smoked a cigar and then smelled the the wet end of it that's been in your mouth. I don't know if I have. Is that a a thing? I mean, I've done it before. (laughs) So it's apparently a thing. Apparently. Yeah. Anybody but, else? Write in, please. <laughs> let us know. <laughs> or is just very weirdo. Maybe um, I am. Who's to say? But I'm not a cigar smoker, so if I've missed that part of the experience, that wouldn't surprise me. But I definitely do get the cigar tobacco note on yeah. there, though. And that's probably with, I mean, 12 years, that's when you're starting to get into the leather notes and the tobacco more prominently than, you know, younger ones. I think they did a really solid job with this product. Honestly, I, I, I can. Man, I, I just, I, I wish it was, it was, they just gone straight hundred proof or above. I feel like that, but you know, I understand it's twelve years old. You need to get more out of the 
out of the barrel. Now, I, I, I don't understand the acuteness of 96.6 proof. I don't quite get that. Yeah. What was it about that extra 0.3% well, that I think pushed it? Whenever it's like that, you have to assume that the master distiller was tasting it at several, several, several different proofs. Um, yeah, absolutely. And they were like, oh, this is the one. And it just happened to be 96.6 proof. I don't know. Um, but why did 96.6 get, I mean, as an option? Why wasn't it just like, let's try it at 100. Let's try it at 99. Let's try it at 90. I don't know. They say, you know, why Why is there a lot of 86 proof bourbons? Why is there a lot of 100, 101s, 107s? It seems like there's like kind of like sweet spots of proofs. It's right. kind of like agreed upon. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe ninety six point six is one of them for them. I don't. I, I don't know. Maybe they tried it at ninety eight point six body temperature. That's kind of a popular blood oath thing. Huh. Interesting. Um, I'm like, nah, not quite. What about ninety six point six though? Ah, there it is. <laughs> you know. I don't know. Take away a little bit. A little, a little, a little, a little bit. bit. A little bit. There it is. <laughs> I don't know, 96.6. Well, we have a review system of never pull fleshy piercings here. That's what it oh, wait, no. stands for. I'm sorry. It, it's uh, nose, palate, finish, and price. Ah. Uh, on the show, each category is out of five, and then we total it up for a final score of out of 20. Chad, what would you give the nose? Oh, I don't know. I don't nose. Great. I mean, it's pretty It's pretty solid. I'll say that we pulled a lot out of the nose, so I think it's you know fairly complex yeah um i i have to say i am kind of missing the more typical caramel vanillas i I wish that they were in there somewhere and i wish i think it's something that you just won't get on a lower you know (laughs) lower proof (laughs) sub 100 you're not getting like that spice so much but yeah i don't know um Oh, and actually, it's it's actually really good that I had Michter's Ten just recently, because on that nose, you get this, and it's a ten year. You get this, you get the age on the nose. You get, I don't know. You just like, oh, this is an experienced bourbon, and this one's a little bit, a little bit different. Uh, I'm gonna give it a three point five. I think I was debating between a three and a three point five. Uh, I'm actually going to give it a 3.25, which I don't think I've ever done before with wow. a, with a product here. Okay. Um, this one, interestingly enough, is going to be a little bit more chop and change <laughs> with me. I mean, I've got I've got some numbers floating around okay. here that are going to hopefully not throw me for too much of a loop. Um, but I, I gave it a 3.25. I didn't quite think that it was... Um, enough to push it into that 70% category but you know I I think that it's got as I said before a lot of interesting things going on Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, no I I think that it's got a lot of depth to it I think that you know there and honestly I feel like every time I've gone back to it it's been slightly different yeah so and, and I do agree with you that I'm missing the the normal bourbon notes in there but i don't think that it's suffering from that too terribly much so 3.25 is what i gave it on the nose i gave it a 3.75 on the palate 
3.75. Yes. Um, I'm liking the finish more than the palette. I gave the palette a three. I gave... I So, it's a stair step for me. Mm. Um, I gave the... So, I gave the nose a 3.25, gave the palette a 3.75, and I gave the finish a four. A four. A four. Okay. Chad. All right. I say a four. A four. What say you? What are we talking about? The finish. The finish. Oh, I gave it <laughs> I gave it a 3.5. Ah, 3.5. Yeah. Yes. So you thought that the nose was as good as the finish as you post a story to Instagram. <laughs> it's Patreon. Oh, Patreon. Oh, okay. All it's right. A, it's a lens. Well, this is way past the point of anybody who's listening to this podcast being able to <laughs> check out that lens. <laughs> But you thought the nose was as good as the finish. Yes. I thought that the finish was better than the nose, mm. which is why I gave it a four. Of course. Okay. Um, I, the finish really is where everything kind of started to come together for me. And honestly, that's where things started to kind of grow and not necessarily explode, but kind of evolve, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and even as I'm talking, I feel like I'm discovering new things with it. Like there's a watermelon note that I'm picking up on the finish as I'm talking too. It surprised. I mean, like I, if if you had asked me like in a vacuum of thirty seconds mm-hmm. to describe this, don't think I would have been able to give you that note. Right. But because I've have had a little bit more time trying to dissect it, I think that's really kind of come through so i i think the finish is really quite good yeah quite spectacular the, the finish even. yeah the finish i don't know it it does go on for a while more than you would expect a sub 100 proofer to go i'll give it that it it might be better than the nose i mean, I might up it to a 375 okay it does hang around. It is. Is that your final answer? It is enjoyable. Yeah, I think I am going to bump it up. Okay. I'm going to bump it up. Now, you need to tell me what you paid for this. I paid for this. Yes, you did. Was yes, a, I did. Was that a yeah, question? You're correct. No. <laughs> um, after tax, it was like $58. Is that all? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, pretty much at retail. I think retail on this was actually 50 bucks. 50 bucks. So, I mean. So, same as a foolproof, but with a lot more age. Yeah. I don't I don't mind the price on this honestly. No. I gave it a 3.75. Hmm. 50 bucks. 50 bucks. You know, in this day and age with it, it, there aren't a whole lot of age stated products like this right out on the market. 50 bucks for a 12-year-old bourbon, not terrible. I'm going to give mean, it I'm going to give it a 3.75 also. Yeah? Yeah. Wow. I I really do think that 1792 did something well with this product. Barton did something well with this product. Mm-hmm. It isn't necessarily that it hit all the marks for me, but I think that it was, it didn't need to, you know? I mean, yeah. because just because it doesn't taste like what we would call, I guess, regular bourbon or normal bourbon or, or kind of benchmark bourbon. Not benchmark, but yeah. <laughs> hey, no. <laughs> I I Hot don't topic. think that it 
matters necessarily. I think that, uh, you know, by creating something unique and something that people would probably drink and go, never had anything like this before. Mm -hmm. I think that's to its merit. So. Yeah, agreed. I I would. (laughs) Well, I was just thinking like what I call it, my favorite expression of theirs. It's hard to put a 125 proofer up against a 96 six or because they both offer different things. You just get different qualities Mm -hmm. with a higher proof bourbon. Now you're talking now it's the Weller 12 versus Weller 107 argument. Which one sure do you, it is. which one do you like better? And more often than not, I pick the 107. Yeah. Um but have you had it in a Norland? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> have you So I actually had uh, <laughs> I had Weller 12 independently recently of 107. Uh-huh. Still a freaking good bourbon. Yeah. It's a it's one of the great 90 proofers yeah. of the world. You know, we were talking about um, Eagle Rare. We were talking about Russell's Reserve, Small Batch, um, and Weller Twelve is is one of the great ninety proofers. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is now, but I feel like more times than not, I would probably pick the seventy nine two full proof over this guy. But there would be times where I'd be like, No, you know what? I want that twelve year profile. Did I did I say this is my favorite from? I don't. If because you were, did I did I say potato Excuse me, did I say no? Did I did I say that this was my favorite seventeen ninety two expression? I don't think so. You said something earlier that kind of made it sound like I did, because it's not. I do still prefer the full proof. I was talking about myself. Oh, okay. Sorry. The way that you said it was like, eh, you can have that opinion, but I don't know if I would have that opinion. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I don't think that this is my favorite expression either, but I still think that this is solid. From what I've had of of and I think I've had all of their other expressions, uh it might be it might be a strong second for me. Um I, I'm not too crazy about the bottle and bond, I'm not too crazy about the small batch. Uh the sweet wheat's all right. The people fawn over the sweet wheat. Yeah, whatever. It's I love the high rye though. Into it. The high rye I'll have to try again. I can't remember my opinion on it. Um, I know I have a bottle, though. Um, what about the 225th? 225th is all right. It's all right. <laughs> it's fine. We we gave it a pretty good review when we uncorked it. Yeah. It was the first video we all, we ever did together. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A single tear is running down his face, everybody. <laughs> I was... I, I, I saw somebody... I commented on you know one of those videos and that i was on and somebody commented further down and they were like i can't believe perry isn't like a lifelong friends with you oh (laughs) and and i i replied to them and i said if you watch these videos it's basically a progression of my whiskey knowledge and weight gain (laughs) oh Well, sometimes those two things go hand in hand. They do. They do indeed. And I'm I'm working to counteract part of that. But anyway, New, new Year's resolution, new Woo. New Year, new you. Oh, I started whale before whale. Whale. I started whale before. I no, started whale before first. that, laddie. I, anyway, <laughs> no. I uh, overall I gave this fourteen point seven five. Mine is a fourteen. All right, I miscounted yours. 
<laughs> I use a calculator. So. I, I trust the calculator more than I do my bourbon brain. Yeah. So overall, this is a recommend for me. Honestly, yeah, if you can um, find it. If you can find it, yeah. 50 bucks. Not bad. This was a... So I, every now and then, you know, you'll find a store that posts on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and they'll, you know say hey we've got these new bottles in so there was a lexington store that posted when they had this in taylor small batch Uh, and they had two bottles of the 12 year 1792 and i walked into the store and there was a guy holding one in a bag and i could just tell by the shape of the bottle and i was like oh did you get the last of the 12 year and he was like no i got the first as far as i know and the guy behind the cash register was like here you go nice (laughs) so i have one of well, a few bottles, I guess, in Lexington of this. Yeah. But if you can find it, go grab it, I think, or at least try it at a bar. Yeah. You know, I, I think that it's it's quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that does it for the review. Let's move on to uh, a few of our segments. This first one, I, which I messed up on originally, and uh, I told you it was called Bourbon Rings, which is not a thing. It's actually called Barrel Rings. <laughs> Barrel rings. (laughs) Uh, If you would like to call into the show, you can do that at 859-428-8253. Leave us a voicemail. Uh, After next week's episode, we're going to start doing uh, topics that you can respond to. So if we, you know, we'll have a question or a thought or whatever that you can call in and leave your thoughts about nice good words yes uh this week's barrel rings comes from steven sussman uh steven uh, all the way up from new york new york so uh here's what steven had to say hey perry this is steven sussman uh so my question is who is one master distiller or anybody in the bourbon industry right now that you find to be inspirational to you currently so one master distiller or anybody in the industry that we find to be inspirational. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I find it kind of easy to, I mean, as we've been talking about, Al Young. I mean, yeah. <laughs> A- absolutely. But I, I think that when, when, when I got into this community... Things were already kind of in motion, and you know, I was able to kind of slot myself into what was already happening in terms of media or um, entertainment or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And it it's funny. I've kind of drawn a lot of inspiration from, and she's not there anymore, but Marianne Eves mm-hmm. at Castle and Key, seeing somebody who took something that was kind of I don't want to say dead or decrepit but something that could have been tweaked a little bit or and and still building upon what came before and making it their own I find a lot of inspiration in that yeah you know I mean I I I feel like the podcast came out at a time where you know if I hadn't done it then it would have gotten a little bit lost you know what I mean like it was just at the right time to slot into that entertainment part of the bourbon community. Mm-hmm. So to see somebody who has worked in that in that realm and be able to kind of make it my own, 
that's kind of cool and gave me quite a bit of excitement and inspiration. Sure. Absolutely. So what about yeah. you, Chad? Well, um, I know Sarah would here. She would say Peggy No Stevens. Oh, absolutely. Um, because, you know, the first, the first female uh, master taster ever and someone who has built her own um, – her own industry, her own business. Um, the woman's a genius, what she can do with pairings, with food pairings. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, yes. She is a, a, besides that, a ball of energy and enthusiasm. <laughs> Talk about a bourbon ambassador. I mean, Peggy is um, amazing. But I'm not going to say her only because I feel like that would be better off for for Sarah to to talk about. I mean, <laughs> Peggy is her um uh her um officially her mentor. Officially her mentor. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> this has just been the podcast of no words coming. Yeah. No, um right. and then much like you, you know, bringing up Al Young, I immediately thought of Brent Elliott who has just been yeah. completely uh accommodating with his time and who is just you talk to the guy for a minute and understand his intense enthusiasm towards bourbon and the science behind it. Yeah. I mean, he's a self, you know, just described bourbon nerd. Yeah. Um, so those, I guess are like ones that I, I could say. <laughs> I, it, if, if we're talking kind of in the, the media realm too, I, Fred Minnick. Sure. Absolutely. And like, especially if we're talking about mentors. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. I mean, he's, he's someone talking about building his own brand. He's yeah. very successful in, in doing that. Um, but I am going to go in that direction, but I'm going to pick Rex and Daniel of the Whiskey Vault mm-hmm. because, you know, they are, I think they might be the largest whiskey YouTube channel out there they right now. And, yeah. and since, you know, I know Ralphie has, you know, he's been at it for forever, so I, I haven't looked at his numbers that I can remember, but um, I feel like the Whiskey Vault guys are are probably the biggest right now. But besides that, just what they've been able to do with their brand, with the Wizard Academy, with the Whiskey Tribe, with um, making the world's first ever crowdsourced whiskey distillery, and then uh, having the Bastards Ball, now the second annual, yeah. and inviting whiskey tubers to, to come to it and share in that. Um, it's all pretty remarkable. So they're very inspirational. Yeah. 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 I, I want to touch on <clears throat> Fred for, for just a minute, mm-hmm. too. Um, I don't know if I've ever really talked about this on the podcast proper, but I... I really do have a good relationship with Fred mm-hmm. and I've been able to reach out to him anytime that I've had questions about what's going on in the industry or, you know, um, what should I do with this kind of in the same vein as Sarah, you know, having a mentor in, in Peggy, Fred has mm-hmm. definitely been that for me as well. Maybe, you know, not necessarily as, you know, officially, but he's been a, a guidepost for me. And um, I going back to Peggy, one of the coolest moments ever in my entire life will be after the first live show that we did and her coming up to me and going, you remind me of a young Fred Minnick. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and that just, 
totally blew me away that I was even in the same, in her mind, ballpark as somebody who is so prominent in this field and does so well and continues to be well regarded. Mm -hmm. I mean, like that just, I don't have enough nice things to say to Peggy for (laughs) even, even bringing me up in the same conversation as, as Fred, much less saying that I reminded her of. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Anyway, Fred is a huge inspiration Mm -hmm. for me. And, uh, Hey man, I, I, I hate to not, talk about you guys too i mean no i mean like it's it's hard for me to not say you know like i said earlier y'all were a big inspiration when the podcast was getting started and you know i i did want to you know kind of emulate some of that same energy and i i hope that i have and you know again how nice is it that lexington has (laughs) the this little community itself yeah totally to you know kind of it's surprising yeah absolutely so uh that was barrel rings for this week we have one listener question also to get through sorry chad we keep going a little bit longer than we (laughs) intended to i'm sorry um we have one question uh from listener of the show louis keen he said are nationwide stores like total wine good for the market in your opinion or just having mom and pop stores better uh i am excluding state-run stores what do you think about this? I think it's a good thing um, because let's take out the the big the big box stores like Total Wine, and we only have mom and pops. I think prices would be higher. I think Total Wine yeah. sets a precedent, uh, and unfortunately, it's a precedent a precedent that the president it's a president <laughs> that the mom and pops can't follow because they can't afford to sell Wild Turkey 101 for 16.29 sure and and total wines making like 5 cents on a bottle they can't afford to do that but if that wasn't around they might try to sell it for $27 all day sure you know so it's like it's it's good to have a system of checks and balances and i feel like big box stores add to that checks and balances i I, yeah i definitely agree with you i don't know if they're i don't know if they're necessary in the day and age of abc stores Mm -hmm. um but you know in non-abc states yeah i.e kentucky i can see their merit sure uh but overall it's not yeah i don't know if they're 100 percent necessary sarah walked in yeah hi sarah (laughs) all right let's finish up the show with tips and bits shall we yes what are your tips and bits this week i would say that that podcast i mentioned which was life is short Uh, with justin long Long. yeah yeah no it's good it's um i just listened finished listening to neil degrasse tyson interview nice that he did with him and uh he's a very interesting fellow he is indeed yeah um i got in this is real cool and awesome of me to talk about like um the big nerd i am but i got a nintendo switch for christmas oh cool and i have enjoyed it a lot maybe more so than (laughs) i should have but uh my favorite game to play on it so far has Mm. been untitled goose game oh yeah (laughs) i've actually watched the playthrough of that it's just ridiculously fun for a game where you're just playing a goose that's going around and annoying people annoying people yep Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) 
I mean, throwing look, throwing that rake into the water. Yeah. Very high satisfying. point. High point of 2019 for awesome. me. <laughs> All right, Chad, where can people find you if they would like to do that? Uh, they can find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash it's bourbonite, uh, patreon.com slash it's bourbonite, Instagram and Twitter, at it's bourbonite, and then uh, whiskeyambitions.com. You really had to think about that one, I did. didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I am at PRater1492 on all social media channels. If you want to follow the show, it is at my bourbon pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. As we said up top, you can give us a five-star rate and review on iTunes, right in app, if you would like to do that. It really does help new people find the show. Uh, you can also share it around with your friends just by telling them about it. You can find all of our apparel and merchandise at bourbonshop.threadless.com. Uh, if you have not joined our Facebook group yet, you can head to facebook.com and search for This Is My Bourbon Group. Just a couple of questions for you to join. Uh, gosh, let's see. What else? I know there's something. Uh, barrel Rings, you can give us a call at 859-428-8253. Uh, as I said, we will, after the next week, have a question for you guys to respond to, so be on the lookout for that. And then last but not least, Bourbon Shop. Nope, that's not it at all. Uh, it's actually patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast where you can become a patron of the show for as little as a dollar a month uh, at five dollars though you get the bonus episodes that come out once a month you also get the pregame chats uh, that are coming out every week before each episode uh, you also get some live streams and uh, bonus content otherwise I can't think of it all right now I'm trying to really get through this so we can get out of here and you guys can eat dinner <laughs> <laughs> thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode uh, I will see you all next week Chad thank you for sitting down with me my pleasure absolutely until next week I'm Perry and this is my bourbon podcast mm-hmm.